Let's make sure history never forgets the name. Sci-fi melody. Got out. Hi, my name's Ruck, and welcome back to Ruck on the Street. Today, we're going to be interviewing people and asking them what they thought about Matrix 4. Honestly. Let's go and find our first victim. I mean, uh, contestant. Sir, what did you think about The Matrix? The Matrix, it like got into your head hole and made you think thoughts. And that's why everybody loved it, because the think thoughts of The Matrix were the head hole gray matter. Sarah, can you, can you cut the tape? We have, we have a loon. Sir, can you give me your honest opinion on Matrix 4? Matrix is like little tweeting bird that sounds wonderful, but smells bad. Sarah, I'm currently scared for my life. We're going to move on to the next one. Did you vet this one? All right, if I get out there and he's talk talking crazy crap, I'm going to leave. Yeah, and I mean the studio too. All right, let's do this. Sorry about those technical difficulties, folks. Well, we are here with our last interviewee of the day. Sir, what did you think about The Matrix? Matrix is great. Oh, well, this is a great interview already. Better than the last two. What did you like specifically about it? I didn't understand any of it. It was awesome. Well, I'll take it. You heard it here first, folks. The Matrix is awesome because you can't understand anything. This has been Ruck on the Street, the final episode because I'm never doing this ever again. Sarah, I quit! Sci-Fi Melody, Symptom 234, The Matrix, Resurrections. Stop! He's already dead! Well, sickies, here we are. We were originally going to do the Animatrix to close up the month, but then uh, they went ahead and made another movie. So here we are. Yay. Yeah. I, You know, I didn't see this in the theaters. I made poor Scott rent it on Prime, and I'm going to have to pay him back for this because, wow. Um, there's $6 I'll never get back in my life. Well, wait, yeah. I will because Rage Master's going to give it to me. But Yeah, but still, there's, there's money we're going to never get back. There's two hours and 27 minutes oh, of my life sure. that would have been spent sure. better getting a root canal without any anesthesia. I think the best way to do this is I'm going to read some reviews that I agree with. Now, some of you may say, shouldn't you be balanced? No. No, I shouldn't. Because this is a review show and we're giving our opinions. Yes, and the so. best way we can start our review show about <laughs> our mean, opinions I mean. of The Matrix Resurrections is to give you other people's opinions. Yes, that I agree with. <laughs> so, hey, I don't need Isaac. I can agree with Isaac Newton about gravity. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to jump out of an airplane and be like, I don't agree with Isaac Newton, therefore I can fly! Uh, Unless I decide that my objective reality is more important than reality and because it's my feeling, which we'll get to that. So uh, let's hear some good reviews because they put it better than I could have. From The Verge, the Matrix, Resur Matrix Resurrections warned me its existence was a bad idea, and I kept watching anyway. I really have nobody to blame but myself. Uh, oh, another good one from, I forget where, but The Matrix Resurrection is the kind of film that will go down in cult history because it is so laughably bad. Truthfully, I can't even say it's enjoyable because I spent so much of its overly long runtime giggling over how jaw-droppingly misguided the majority of it is. And then later on, 
The Matrix Resurrection is a bunch of really good ideas stacked together to make a bad and sometimes ugly film. And I think that basically sums it up. There Especially, was a good idea in there? Sure, there were some good ideas. Unfortunately, but the one of them the were one there. of them was not one of them was not let's make another Matrix film. Yeah. That was clearly the bad, the worst idea of the bunch. Well, as and soon as you went with that idea, any good ideas you come up with to put in here, which I hard to find, kinda, were bad. Kind of go away, really. But were there good ideas in the <laughs> Matrix Resurrections? Uh, when we get to Rick's yes. picks, we'll find out. I know, out. I, there was one. What? It could put you to sleep. Ah, well, that's a... Two hours and 27 minutes of what? crap. I mean, and what? about 40 minutes of it was a clip show. How? I mean, really? But you know, Lawrence Fishburne is still alive. How? You could have had him in the movie without showing clips. How utterly arrogant are you to make it that long? Because that's what it is at the end of the day. You're fulfilling your ego. Because you don't need to make it that long. So, and somehow what really boggles my mind about this film so we've established first one is a groundbreaking amazing film only wait 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 only f- one thing boggles your mind about this film no no hang on i said wait <laughs> okay. wait and then it just almost instantly the diminishing return effect kicks in instantly with part two and somehow you just think well it can't get any worse right then they made part three and you think, well, at least that's over. And then they made this one. And it's just like, oh, are they, is this toilet bowl downward spiral gonna keep going? Well, this was a money grab, pure and simple. Oh, without, without the studio a doubt, just without went, a doubt. Ooh, we own this franchise that made us a bunch of money in the past. We want money. We'll make a new film. It Absolutely. This was very much a money grab. And uh, nostalgia trying to make money off of nostalgia. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'm going to get into fun facts, but really there's not many. And one of them mm. is that this film was in kind of production hell for a long time. And Lana Wachowski used it as a way of coping with loss, uh, loss of parents, loss of a childhood friend. So... Uh, this was really also used as therapy, which I have mixed feelings about therapy art. It, therapy art's a great idea, but I mean... You might have been better off taking the Salinger approach here where you write it for yourself and yeah, then file exactly. it away and don't let it be released until after you're dead if your family or estate decides right, to. I agree. I'm looking at you, Tom King, but that's a separate issue. I mean, she um, said, she said, I couldn't, I couldn't get my parents back, but I yeah. can bring back Neo and Trinity. I mean, this is almost like me saying, you know, uh, Rage, Ooh, it's a I've been through a loss. Can you write up an adventure for Max Payne? Yeah, this is a, yeah. Th- this is almost a fan project going, ooh, I want to make a fan art project of my series. For myself. Which, huh? I mean, I guess you can do that, but... I give her credit. She tried to cancel production during the middle of it after COVID. Well, clearly Lana was definitely not into it, and you could tell based on well let me keep going i'll just do two more because these these fun facts are really boring honestly <laughs> just like the movie uh nemo sign the bug's ship name is greek mythology for the muse of memory uh let's see oh lawrence fishburne when asked why are you not in the movie he said i don't know ask lana 
See how unfun this is? And uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, they had to pay. Warner Brothers had to pay the city of San Francisco like $420,000 for damage they did during filming. Everything else in the fun facts is actually. How? I, I don't. Th I, I Like Thomas, when I was reading these trivia facts, I was just going. There was nothing. I, like, I have a question, though. How did they damage anything? I don't know. How? There's nothing going. Never mind. Carelessness. But. There's nothing going on in this film that should damage so, you. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, so here's the plot. And I'm going to give it the one-minute treatment again because I'm give one minute's more than it deserves. Guess what? I'm yeah. not even timing you. Yeah. So basically, Neo is a... Uh, he's a video game editor who finds out that he made up a modal, which is just some program to test how a character would work. And uh, he finds out that... Um, wow, I'm so not into this. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, sickies. Don't worry. And he just basically finds out that after the big war that somebody called the architect resurrected him and Trinity. That's right, resurrected. And uh, just found out that they could power the Matrix because with everybody dropping out of the Matrix, there was a war between machines for energy. And they found out that the architect found out that we could keep the energy going if we put Neo and, May and Trinity near each other and then threatened them with death because that created a bunch of energy. And so that's what they did. And then Neo was discovered by Bug, who got him out. And they went back to Io, the new human world where they were trying to terraform. And then Neo insisted he had to free Trinity. And he freed her with the help of Agent Smith, who wasn't really Agent Smith, but a new version because yada, yada, yada. And uh, they get Trinity out, and Trinity and Neo can fly together, and they are going to recreate the world, and the architect can't do nothing about it. The end. Now, I decided at the beginning... I mean, I think... I was going to say, wait a minute, but then I'm like, you kind of hit it all because this thing is stupid. Yeah, I hit all the necessary stuff. <clears throat> you, you missed the whole part where... Neo has to go back into the Matrix to save her. Because oh, yeah, right. No. She's now married with kids. Kids, yeah. Now, I, this, oh, yeah. No, the the guy that. who plays... I can't believe you missed this in Fun Facts. Chad. 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 No, these, that's going to no. fall under rips. But, no, 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 no. Hmm. He was Keanu Reeves' stunt double in the Matrix movies. Okay, that's nice. Oh, that is a fun fact. Yes. Thank you for that. That's kind of uh, that's kind of cool, I thought. You know, if you're going to get someone to replace him in Trinity's imagination. That's the best fun fact. Scott, thank you for saving that bit. <laughs> uh, so, I, you know, at the early point of the episode, at the start, I said I wasn't going to be balanced. But I, I lied by accident. Because I went and I watched a review of someone who called it amazing. I was like, you know what? I'm going to see what they're about. And someone liked this? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I can explain a lot here. One, the guy in question. Now, there are certain things he does. The name is a YouTuber called Renegade Cut. And there are certain things he says that I do agree with, in particular when he complains about prosperity gospel. That being said, I don't know... I'm pretty darn sure... There's a lot of stuff of his I just kind of swipe left on because... He's an anarchist or a Marxist or an anarchist Marxist, but I don't know how that works exactly. So, um, I don't know. But he complains a lot about society of problems without actually giving a solution. So, that's my favorite thing in the world. 
But anyway, so his argument was it's beautiful because it's authentic. That's one reason. It's authentic. Well, Sickies, time out, time out, time out. Before you continue, yeah. It's authentic? Well, because Lana's bearing the heart and being honest and open. So it is authentic. I'll grant the, the, the YouTuber that. However, here's the problem with the word authentic. Authentic and, and he said, if I just wrote a bunch of stuff in a journal, I hate today because hate today sucked. That's it authentic. Is. It wouldn't make a good film. There it is. He keeps saying this word authentic, authenticity and authentic like it's the, a hallmark. And the problem I have with that is authentic does not make good for a good story. I'm going to take this to an extreme, but Birth of a Nation was authentic. <laughs> the Unabomber's Manifesto was authentic. Mein Kampf was authentic. I mean, and and wow, to be fair, to Mark, be fair Mark, you just woke me up because I was like, oh, this movie, what? The, you just people, shocked me awake. Hope, the people, I did not think you were going there. The people who wrote Birth of a Nation truly believed what they thought. Oh, and I should mention that for the day that it was made, it did have the best battle scene in film history. So does that make it good too? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm going to go ahead and okay, say good. it's trash. Good. But it's authentic trash, it's trash, right? Because it's, it's trash. authentic trash. Let me tell you something. About an hour ago, I took a crap in the toilet, and it's really authentic crap. Maybe yeah. I should take a photo of it and sell it as a uh, non-fungible token. <laughs> as long as it's in the shape of a monkey. Uh, and then, so... Then the, there's two other points that this guy harps on. One of them, the main one. The second one is he's very anti-corporate. Like, he makes my anti-corporate look like gushing support. Okay, He's anti-corporate, but then he says this movie's good that's made by because a corporation. It's because it's meta. But it's made by a corporation. I, I, oh, you're absolutely right. I just... Okay, just... Oh, but it's, oh. it's meta, so that makes it okay. Because they're taking digs at the corporation that yeah. forced them to make it, and they're not going to give them the movie that they wanted. Yeah, so therefore it's good. But the, the point he really harped on, which wasn't even about the movie so much, was transgenderism and that... It was how it was trying to say that Neo was put back in the Matrix and was miserable. And therefore, if Lana does Lana regret transition surgery and the answer would be no. And if you were to do that, then Lana would be miserable. Blah. blah. And that was the whole crux of his review. The rest of the time was about transition surgery. So it's like, is this about the Matrix anymore or about transgender transition surgery? Was because, the Matrix ever about anything other than that, though? Right. Well, and that was another reason he loved it, because he found out a bunch of guys were really mad when they found out that was the theme. But the point is, instead of looking at it, so so it sounds like it, he's just a massive troll that hates no, he's like not a something that everyone else hates. No, he's not a troll. It's it's a matter of perspective here. If Isn't you everything went, true? But <laughs> if you went into this film with the idea that I want some big social commentary, social message, and that's all I care about. Then I could see why you think this is beautiful and brilliant, especially if you're really big into questions of identity. But if you went into this movie like the average person wanting to see a movie, there's nothing there that's for you. So technically it's a movie. It's a movie. But if you went into this looking for The Matrix, particularly part one, 
<laughs> you weren't getting that. Or so, even Matrix Part 3, well, you well, didn't get. Yeah, but when you look at... So what we're going to do, and Scott and Thomas can chime in and say if I'm wrong, but... We're You're looking wrong. at this I'm from sorry. the perspective. Pre- <laughs> premature. Premature. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're always wrong. You're always wrong. Okay. I'll accept that I'm right because my reality anyway. Um, so we are looking at this as a film. We, we are not looking at this as saying, well, it's an authentic message from a person about themselves. That's nice, but that's not enough to make a good film. Also, that's we don't review things like that that way because if we did, that would be a totally different show. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't say Lana Wachowski's message to herself uh, and everybody else is wrong in that level. It's like, well, that was written about Lana's personal perspective. I I can't evaluate that. I can't evaluate the movie though. I yeah, can do that. Not everyone's personal story makes for a good entertaining film. Even if it is authentic. And Wait, you you mean to tell me my daily wake up in the morning, have my coffee, go to work, repay, place a bearing in a machine is not riveting TV? No, it's not. And I think hmm. that's where a lot of this went wrong. That it's, you know, Scott, you texted this and that it's clear Lana really didn't want to do this. And that it comes out. A lot. She resisted. This. She resisted making a Matrix Four for nineteen years or sixteen years. They by the time no she intention. agreed to make it, they had no intention right. of making another. She one. agreed to make it. Uh, Lily Wachowski had, stepped out. Had nothing to do with this and said nope. And and you know if Lana wasn't going through a personal tragedy and looking for the distraction to re-engage with Trinity and um, Neo, yeah. this movie doesn't get made. She had the same. She had the same intensity that Robert Zemeckis has about never remaking Back to the Future or Back to the Future 4. Yeah. The story was done. Um, it, and she it, clearly didn't want to do it. She throws that in there. At the beginning, Neo says, or uh, Smith says to Neo, We're not doing this anymore. Ah, but Warner our, Brothers found a way. Warner we Brothers, our parent, you'll appreciate that our parent company, Warner Brothers, has said we're doing Matrix 4. I mean, she's literally talking to the audience at yes, that point yeah. saying, Warner yep. Brothers who made her write this movie is making him write Matrix 4. And Neo takes her position and basically says, no, I want to do this new thing called Binary. Yeah, which... Or being you know, a little, that's gonna be that's gonna be a rip. Little nail on the head there, yeah, but, that, but that's about uh, yeah. as subtle as I don't know. Yeah, getting there's hit a lot in the of face s- by a truck, and I mean then yeah. then they come in and they're watching the the reboot of the old code with this Trinity and the first thing in the Matrix, but you're seeing slight changes with Morpheus as the Agent Smith, yeah, and then. Well, it didn't go like this, of course, because now that's literally her talking to the fans and going, this is what they wanted me to do. But you're not going to get this, but you are going to get it. Yeah. She's talking to the audience. And then you almost mailed it in when you're like, hey, look, here's the better movies that you guys liked. Yeah. I'm pretty... I, I'm just going to say this, Scott. This entire film was mailed in because at points it is so... a. Ab- abundantly clear that the story wasn't even fixed like it's just like meh you know what and then again the cgi sucks the there were points in this it was a flop we've talked about cgi you know last time when oh it looked like ps2 yep grab it 
they can do better now. They can do it 10 times better. And some of these shots was just atrocious CGI. Yeah. This was about as much effort as uh, Matt Parker and Trey Stone put into uh, putting in real clips into South Park. But, um, yeah, it's you know, I said, when you said there are good ideas in here, I said, were there? There is. There's a beautiful, beautiful um, concept to discuss about how you see yourself as being more important than how others see you. Is this a deep meaning? It kind of is. Okay, let me do Let me, well, here we go. Do, 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 do. This is Scott's deep meaning. Scott's, Scott's deep, deep meaning. So deep. It's crap. Deep it's ish crap. meaning. It's crap. <laughs> the, the kernel of what this film should have been about is right there when you see that when Neo looks in the mirror, you get the real vision of what everybody else sees him as. The Matrix has said, this is you, this is how the world will see you. But Neo will never look and see himself as that older, balding man. Trinity will never see herself as that woman with the long blonde hair that you catch a glimpse of. And they even Morpheus even tells him, or Bugs tells him, uh, I don't know if you're DCSI, DSI, whatever it is, they rewrote that. And so that we couldn't find you. And that's basically, you know, the suits in the Matrix are God, the architect, essentially. They're the God of that world. And that's basically saying that no matter what reality, the controllers of reality tell you that you are, it's never more important than how you see yourself. And that's a, that's a great message. It really is. It's, it, you know, the world can tell you what you're supposed to be, who you're supposed to be. The world can see you as something, but nothing that the world sees you as matters more than who you believe you are yourself. The problem uh, with this... I was about to say, I hate to tell you, but I, if you murder 50 people and however many times you say, I didn't do it... The judge well, still gets to tell you you're getting the well, death sentence because you did it. Yes, but we're talking more in the abstract here, okay, about about if you see yourself as the villain or you see yourself as the hero or you see yourself as morally correct or, or morally, in, you know, the world sees your moral correct is incorrect, you know? Um, your, I, I hate to tell you, your guiding I don't principles. Care how many anyway. times Stalin thinks he did the right thing. He killed millions. Yes, but to, Joseph, but to Joseph Stalin... He was the hero. I yes. know. And, and so the point is that she's made it's a good message about being true to yourself and being true to your identity and not letting the world tell you who you need to be and believing that you will be limited by what the world. See, Neo has now been limited by the, what the world tells him he is. He's Thomas Anderson and he can only be Thomas Anderson. Trinity is Tiffany. And it's until both of them realize that they can be what they want to be and not limited by what the world tells them that they have to be that they achieve their full potential does it have any basis in reality no but it's a wonderful thing that you want to believe to keep striving to be better yourself the problem with this is this was a great hook about a story that you want to tell and if you had focused on telling that story, you might have had a good 42 minutes of film that you could have put as a one-off TV show episode or something. But you turned it into two hours and 27 minutes of complete nonsense that makes no sense in the canon with the rest of the film, where you had to literally do a sex machina, your two heroes back to life, and literally everything in this film is saved by the machine. 
And so everything in here is irrelevant anyway, because the only reason that they do exist is because the architect brought them back to life. And the only reason that they even have the chance to do this is because the architect is going to allow them to do it. So you've canceled out your meaning. But in the end, what they tried to do was give you this great meaning that there is a vision of yourself that you hold and no one can take that away from you. And that unless you let the world take that away from you, it is always your own self-image that will drive you to your greatest heights. Beautiful message. Lost in about two hours of complete That was Scott's deep meaning. Well, well, and so Scott, you know, you had your deep meaning there, and I'm gonna dovetail it to my soapbox. Please allow the Rage Master to step up on the soapbox for a moment, because it is time for the soapbox session. Because you brought up. Oh, no. How. No, no. Hang on, hang on. You might like this, maybe not. But you brought up how this nice meaning was completely lost in a disjointed film. And I'm going to start it. It was lost because this film kept changing tack. It started off as, let's be meta and make fun of the industry. And that's where my soapbox is. Stop being meta, writers. Look, look. I get it. For decades, decades since the golden age of Hollywood, you guys love to write movies about yourselves and to make fun of yourselves. And sometimes it works out great, especially if Mel Brooks is doing it. And most of the time it does not. In recent years, Meta has been hijacked by big corporations so that they could make people stop make leveling justifiable grievances against them. Or even if they're silly grievances. So for example, Disney. Disney loves to make all these jokes about the princesses now in their own movies because BuzzFeed made a video once. By the way, that video is not going to age well and criticizing a Disney fairy tale princess is not going to age well because it's not clever. But Disney co-opted it so they could get ahead of the curb and shut you guys up because that's what it is at the end of the day. You, Lana, by saying, oh, I'm going to accuse Warner Brothers of being stupid and making this and then I'm going to show a scene of all these game producers making a bunch of dumb comments about the Matrix and everything else. See? Meta! It's not clever. Anybody can be self-effacing. If I wanted to spend 20 minutes talking about the foibles of sci-fi malady background planning to you, I could do it. We do it's, that sometimes. We do. We do. But in limited quantities. And I even hate that. But when we do it, you normally bring, bring it up. Quantities. <laughs> I know. That's, that's the worst part. I said I'm the greatest hypocrite. But so it's, it's kind of like, to me, meta commentary is the equivalent of reaction videos. It takes no effort, it's not clever, it's unoriginal, and you're insulting the audience. You, it's, the assumption is you think I'm stupid because I'm going to be placated by saying, hey, watch me be self-effacing. Um, I can do that on my own. I don't need a... You're supposed to be a professional writer. The best you could cough up is making fun of yourself. A anybody can do that. Hey, Scott, you're shorter than me. 
Oh, wait, no, I'm insulting you. That would be Scott coming out going, I'm shorter than Rage Master. Derp, derp, derp. Uh, that's not that, that's not killer content. So or me coming out and saying that my deep meaning is nothing more than in, than a copied Kirk speech with my own inflections. <laughs> I didn't think it was. The whole concept of deep meaning is a copied Kirk speech. At the end of it, he looks right at the camera and tells everyone the moral message you're right, supposed to well, get out of the whole show. All right, then. But the point is, it tends to water down what could have been good quality writing. Or it just is a dodge from good quality writing because now all I have to do is make fun of myself and hope the audience runs along. <laughs> Stop it. You're not clever because then again, after you've done your little meta commentary jab at the studio, ooh, aren't you a rebel? Then we disjointedly jump into your the rest of this movie so we could disjointedly jump into another thing and then it goes back to what Scott was saying are we gonna land anywhere on this or are we just gonna nope we're moving on if I can tell that you're making a personal statement to the studio or that you're making an apology within the film to to the audience or if you're doing what Kevin Smith did with He-Man when he had Prince Adam look at Skeletor and say it's not about us <laughs> yeah. If I can see that you're literally sending messages to the audience um, and, and you're basically telling them either, screw you, this is how it is. I know you don't like it, but I don't care. That's bad. Take it out. Well, and guess what, Lana and Warner Brothers? You spent 150 some million. Or, I'm sorry. You spent 190 some million and made 150 some million. Lana Wachowski doesn't care. Oh, yeah. Lana got paid, but... Yep. Warner Brothers, good job. You're Meta's bad, okay? Meta's bad, okay? <laughs> and that was my soapbox, which I think that brings us into the best part of today's episode is Rips and Picks. It's the best part of every episode. Yeah. Rips and Picks and Rips and Picks and Rips and Picks. And well, that's pretty good. I think uh, I'm usually this is the part where Thomas's hand flies in the air and he's not doing it today. Because I don't care. Okay, he's like, really? Did you actually watch this again? No. I didn't think so. He saw it already. Scott and I saw this this weekend right before I, the I'm video. sorry, but I, I... He couldn't bring himself. I could not bring myself... I had a long work week, and I'm like, my options now are either to watch The Matrix or play some video games. I think you made the right call. I have already seen this. I, I remember how bad it was. I'm not is, spending another two and a half hours you made the of right killing call. more of my brain cells. I have watched this movie once, and that will be all I watch it. You, I will not watch it one and an eighth times, you one and a quarter times. You could have sat on the toilet and stared at the wall for two and a half hours, and you would have been, done better better with your time. I'll start with I'll start with pick. All right. The acting of Neil Patrick Harris as the architect and the effort put in by Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss to take this pile of crap turd vomit sandwich across the finish line was phenomenal. They did a lot with a terrible script and a terrible film. Okay. I got a couple rips here. Rip number one. You're now taking away humanity versus robots. It's now robots against humanity and robots. That's right, because some of the robots after the last movie decided to side with 
the people, but they're not they're not called machines. They're called what were they syncretics or synthetic? They prefer to be called something else. Yeah, whatever. You've now taken the entire premise of the film and thrown it out the window. The whole series of humanity struggling to break free of robots and the being more human than is kind of true. Uh, what? A little bit. I'm going to quote Corey here. You're a toaster. Make my toast. <laughs> yeah. But now robots also have rights and you respect them. And it's like, huh? Droid rights. We are sentient. Rip number two. We are going to fix our complete stupidity of energy being because of humans and using humans as batteries that don't make sense by making only two humans important as batteries because when they you, make emotional energy which i'm sorry what well because you, you, you see, now you, the attempt to fix your stupidity makes it even stupider because now you're telling me that every we have now fixed our power shortage because humans were leaving which still is stupid by requiring everyone else's feeding off of the power of two. Well, you see what happens. Of some two. Some humans stay in the Matrix because they are they prefer bliss, which, you know. Oh, don't you. I know where you're going. That, don't, you is, don't you the try. Don't you try. The statement is about that these are the people that are denying themselves and yada, yada, yada. But, however, I agree with you on the rip here because it's like, so wait. Um, the argument being... That in all the ever other iterations of the one, Trinity was not there to make them a super couple. And therefore the super couple, but not just the super, it, it gets even more weird and overly detailed. It's not just that they're together. No, no, it's not that. It's that they're almost they can't together. be touching. Because if they touch, together. they gotta be almost together. But we're not done yet. Not only that, we got to make them think that they're going to die and therefore and never the two shall meet so that the emotional energy creates a super radiation power of Chernobyl effect. Uh, what? Huh? How does, I mean, it, it, I, that's, the human battery what? idea was stupid. Okay, I'm not going to let that one go. It was stupid. But at least I could kind of Go, uh, yeah, all right, all right, all right I'll roll with this for now. Right. Thinking about it for longer than two seconds, I immediately goes, this is wrong and this is stupid. But if you just go, eh, whatever, it works. Sort of. This one doesn't work. No matter how hard I try to go, eh, whatever, forget it, turn off brain for <laughs> What? <laughs> it doesn't work because it, it it's a we had, we ran out of power. So what was your solution? We'll raise the two guys that destroyed the last one. From the dead. From the dead. But because of that, you got, I have all your powers, but also you have infinite power to give us because you're not touching, but. But they have to feel like they're dying too. Some, that that's important. You've got to get the emotionality up. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Right? Got to be. They've got to be like five feet apart and hyper emotional. I'm telling you what. And it has to be fear over death emotion. What I'm telling you is th this is 
I just thought something, and this might be stupid, but we are watching it the is. Matrix inside of a Matrix. Because that's the only way this would work. I guess so, because it doesn't make sense. The other, you know, that's no way in any kind of reality other than this made up stupid reality that apparently this exists in of emotional energy being able to power an entire civilization. Yeah. Let alone a power hungry civilization which requires this enormous amount of energy. Because we've been told how much energy this requires and literally caused a revolution over a few humans leaving the Matrix. We now have unlimited power and anyone can leave now. Anyone can leave mm -hmm. because we have more than enough power because of these two people. And you know, that brings, what? That brings up another rip. You resurrected them. You used machines and resurrection pods and rebuilt them and resurrected them. How? So, the thing is, resurrection is one of those magical supernatural things. And you're supposed to be science fiction. How do you do resurrection with a robot? I mean, well, the computer program. Uh -huh, I see. So, um, at best, you could take the last known like it's it knowledge base and download it into I, a I guess. flesh body. But even it, then, that's not it's what they show. They show a complete co continuation of knowledge and everything from the end point and taking the literal body and rebuilding it it's lunacy because here's the problem you have a it, look if you have supernatural if it's a sci fantasy it's it's probably a bit dumb to use it but okay but here you have how do you even resurrect with a machine? Are you going Frankenstein? Not only that, it really just looks like they painted themselves in a corner and said, okay, we're going to bring back Neo and Trinity. How? You killed him in the last movie. Um, well, I'll just resurrect him then. What? Well, it's not just that, but you resurrect them. But then, okay, this might actually be a pick. And I hate saying this. But it's gotta be some. They become legends. They kind of become a myth. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, over time, things like that do happen. That, you know, legends sprout out about people and hey, they become a myth in some ways. Where Remember what the babe said in the Sandlot? Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. I guess. <laughs> but Sandlot, I, better movie, Siggies. <laughs> I guess you could go there, but I'm saying it kind of works, except we're also supposed to think that this this is all, not even a full... This is, like, maybe a generation later. 60 years. Two generations. Okay. It's not enough time for them to become this myth. I feel like George Washington was probably a myth by the 1830s. I think he was yeah, a I would, say, I would say yes. Definitely by the 1860s. I mean, I would say it's enough to be a legend. I mean, but well, still, Robert E. Well, Lee was legend, a myth in his own time were, while he was alive. Legend is different than myth, though, in the way. Well, I mean, it, I'm saying legend, sure, absolutely. The one, the guy who sacrificed himself and saved us and ended this, sure. I mean, we. George Washington's a legend, yes, but a myth is something completely different where you sit there and go, 
Oh, I didn't even think he existed. I'm going to play. I think I found you because most people don't believe in that way. I'm going to play devil's advocate to you, which I usually don't do. Oh, this is something different. Ooh, this is new. Switch around. Ooh. Thomas, if all of a sudden I really was able to fly, dodge bullets, hold my hand up and stop bullets, if I was able to do these things and you and Mark saw me and hundreds of people saw me, thousands, while I was living, I was manifesting powers no one else on earth could do. And then I single-handedly flew in to the heart of the defenses of our greatest enemy trying to exterminate us as we were losing our final battle for survival. And everybody knew I did this. And I won. And I stopped the war. And I never came back. Everybody knew what happened. But only maybe 10,000 people had actually seen me. Do you not think that their children would already have turned me into a mythical legend? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying... I mean... Uh, Within the context of this film, that makes sense to me. I... I, I it, you might be right, because again, we are looking at a humanity that's not nearly as advanced as we are. I mean, they're living in an underground cave that they, they are trying to create this utopia out of. Which, and I mean, beyond that, he's manifested yeah. Matrix powers in the real world at that point. Which again is stupid. Yeah. But I mean... I, but yes, within the Matrix, fine, you have Matrix powers. Outside of the Matrix, it just doesn't work. I'm sorry. But again... Moving on from that, here's a a very interesting rip, I guess. How are we going to save Trinity? A, saving Neo from the middle of it was pretty bad because you wake him up and he gets shot out in the garbage. Which again, if this is your power source, wouldn't you guard this a little better? If this yeah. is your single power source that's powering everything. I know, right? They they, they just kind of float in, grab them, and pull them out. And everyone else is just like... Dup, 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 dup. We're going to oh, hide it in plain sight where nobody will look. <laughs> no, but again, I would at least have it locked down. Don't have a direct garbage shoot. Oh, they do at the end when they're trying to free Trinity. Then the security beefs up. But before Even that, then, no. it's not that beefed up. I'm no, sorry. but it's quote-unquote beefed up but before that it was pretty much any schlub could just walk in yes which again is stupid this is <laughs> i'm just thinking could you picture like a janitor robot just coming in and mopping and then knocking neo out of it and be like whoa sorry about that yeah we'll just get you back in there <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, hook oh. you back up oh no the socket's not yeah. working hang on i gotta go to the workroom and get another one well how about this which was kind of a cool idea. Any door can become a doorway anywhere else. I just have to hack the matrix. That's kind of like what the keymaker did and what um yeah. what's his name did. It's, the a, Oracles. it's a remake yeah. of it, but it's like, okay, you can live hack. Interesting. Yeah. Not a bad idea. I think that was a good evolution. I'd call that a pick. I would like that. I like that. But then some of the stuff they did with it was just what? We're going to use a lavatory door. Oh, this is the only one. Lavatory door into a moving train? 
I could have done without the scene of Keanu Reeves on a toilet. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's so, you know, oh, no, no. So now that you mentioned picks, I would say that the controllers were like a, a, um, a simulated, uh, what's the word for that? Reality? No, the, where it's like a transparent image. But what's the special word for that? Gosh, I'm really Alzheimer's recently. A... Uh, you know, like in Star Wars, when people show up on the community hologram. Hologram, thank you. Holographic image. Uh, I thought that was neat. Um, and yeah, the key maker thing where they figured out how to do that—that's pretty cool. Little additions that they added to it to change it. Even the old uh, screwy programs like Agent Smith or the Merovingian, Merovingian. Yeah. Oh who uh, showed up, and yeah, it was an annoying and pointless, but how they showed up, because when the Matrix got rebooted, they kind of stuck around, but they couldn't do anything anymore because they were, with the exception of Agent Smith, who was part of Neo, uh, the Merovingian and the rest of them were just ordinary schlubs that got stuck in the code, the Matrix, and they couldn't do anything like they used to. That's kind of neat, but... That should have been like a movie unto itself with them as a threat unto themselves. Not just a, hey guys, remember these guys? So. Well, if we're going off of that, let's keep going with things like that. Yeah, I mean, that's a rip on its own, but. That's a rip. But then that entire fight scene was stupid. I mean, oh, I, drawn out and boring. But here, if we want to go on, what was the thing about Matrix? Matrix had fight scenes. Yep. Though. Sometimes they were dumb fight scenes. They were normally awesome fight scenes. No way around it. It's like, oh, I got near a took on thousands of Agent Smiths. Might have looked stupid. It, CGI sucked, but it was an epic fight scene. This one, somehow their fight scenes were boring. Even the ones that were supposed to be, woo, they're fighting on a moving train and they're turning into, you know, attacking them and they're not turning into smiths, they're being taken over. Interesting. But they're charging and, oh, they got thrown out of... None of it was exciting. For one, it was shot in a way where half the time I couldn't see what was happening. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what? Who? Huh? And then the fights themselves either was completely boring where literally there was a, ooh, it's slow motion, huh? It's on you now. Or, ooh, it's in the very Indians. What? Huh? And didn't Keanu just get done at that point making a John Wick movie? It's like, you know, he can do fight scenes, right? Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. Keanu Reeves, we've seen him. John Wick, I'm sorry. I'm a huge fanboy over Jan John Wick. They're fantastic films, but it proves he can fight. He can do these action moves now you go to the matrix and suddenly i'm sorry for one no one's really doing matrix moves anymore it doesn't feel like a matrix film no not it, really at times it's like ooh, you're fighting it seems like a fight film at times at times bug did a couple moves right there, there was once or twice where it's like ooh, you're kind of giving me the essence the taste of the matrix but it's a watered down taste it's like lacoy it i can kind of sense it's there and it's barely noticeable but it's not full it's way off there i can't quite reach it and then they move on to something that's totally not feeling like the matrix 
Yeah, I I thought it was um, Neo's mastery of the Matrix this time confuses me because on one hand. He remembers enough of his ability to, to move at the speed to fight Morpheus and to fight Smith and enough of his powers. And he can create a telekinetic, like, nuclear explosion. But then it's like, all right, he's going to forget all of them except TK. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's just like power gaming on telekinesis. That person you hate in every role-playing game, and they got one power, and they're like, this is it. Every time, let me guess, you're going to telekinetic punch him again. Let me guess, you're going cast fireball. Right. How did I know? Lightning bolt, lightning bolt, <laughs> lightning bolt. <laughs> but that's all, all of a sudden now, it's nothing but TK. Like, he's doing the TK stuff, and Trinity's carrying him around as his own TK shield. It looked awful. He can remember how to do all that TK. He can remember how to move at the speed of an agent, but he can't remember how to fly. Because only his love of with Trinity can make him can make her fly. At the end, he was flying on his own. But no, they were holding hands. Were they? Okay, they were still holding hands. Well. All right. Well, yeah. But, exactly. Um, that was terrible. And then you mentioned uh, uh, bullet time that the architect does on Neo. I really hated this. Yes. Um. So somehow the architect figured out how to trap Neo within bullet time, where he moves in regular time. And put Neo within the bullet time. But this makes no sense to me because Neo knows it's a construct and Neo has the ability to rewrite the rules of the construct at any point that he wants to. But he's now trapped by the construct. We need him to be trapped for the story to work, okay? Well, also, is that, but then what's even worse here is he also allows, remember, he literally, we, Neo, Neo, who has been able to rewrite the construct, has now accepted a deal with the new leader of the robots to accept whatever happens. He is the guy who's supposed to be able to rewrite the code and completely rewrite it, but has now gone, we are equals and we will accept whatever the outcome of her choices. Well, this was the destruction of the human to advance the machine. Because ultimately, it's not Neo that saves the day. It's Smith. Uh, the yes, only yes. person in the construct who can figure out how to escape bullet time yep. is Smith. That's like a Palpatine saving the day. Yes. Yes. Smith all of a sudden has decided that Neo set me free, so I'll set Neo free. And this animosity that we have between us, I will let go. And it so, comes out of nowhere. Right. So Smith, Smith is the savior of humanity. Well, you, you built this whole thing up, okay? And then... Uh, I hate this even more because this movie made me, man, two and three. I got to give them extra points now that you're reviewing this. I've got to add I, like I three points you. to each movie. I warned you guys this was going to suck. Two I and three. You. Two and three now seem like freaking sevens compared to this. Didn't now both of you? Didn't I warn you? You did. Yep. Oh no! I but, knew it was coming. I, you're right. I knew what you said, but it was like well, in all but in we're all here. comparison, at least. At least the end of Matrix Three, uh, Revolutions. What? Uh, it was Revolutions. Okay. Uh, re it was uh, Matrix. Matrix regurgitation. I mean, Matrix, reloaded, reloaded. Matrix Revolutions. Matrix loaded, full of load. <laughs> at, at, at least Matrix Revolutions um, ended the story in a way that made sense. The one finally in the sixth iteration fulfilled his role, and. 
in that moment was willing to sacrifice everything for one as the one for everyone and lost trinity his love lost himself for the rest of humanity and showed that personal self-sacrifice for the betterment of society is a wonderful thing and and the fact that neo and trinity's you know they both die in that film they die you know they're dead and you accept all of this because it brought peace and you've got the oracle talking to um what was his name i can't the source the oracle is talking to the source and and they're saying okay how long as long as it can you start this movie off with well the oracle's been purged the oracle's been purged the oldest program who had a role in creating the matrix opposite of the source the good the bad balancing each other out god the devil working behind the scenes she got purged the mara freaking vingian survives but the oracle got purged yep yourself but anyway so now it's gone the sacrifice the death it's all gone everything the one all of it morpheus's undying faith in the one gone because he was wrong and morpheus's faith in the one that it couldn't be undone caused zion to fall and it was only disbelieving in the faith of the prophecy of um whatever her name is uh jada pinkett smith that allowed them to rebuild on io so you took everything you did in the first three movies and pissed on it and burned it to the ground now you get yes. my point with things like Star Wars. Why are you burning down your own mythos? Because, yeah, Morpheus, he foolishly believed in the one. Wait, he was a hero. Now you've just cut his balls off and said, what, an idiot? Right, because yeah. continuing to believe in the one, that what the one did could never be undone, lost Zion. Well, thank you. Now we've not only destroyed Neo and Trinity's sacrifice, we've destroyed Morpheus. Well, here's another rip. And I agree with you 100% on that rip, Scott, because why? Just stupid. I'm not against films and messages. I'm not. 100%. But let me explain. If you want you put your message out, I'm fine with it. If you want to somewhat force that message out, I'm a little hesitant, but still okay with it. If you want to hit me with a semi-truck at going at 90 with it, then I might have a big problem. This movie hit me with a Wax, f- please remove that. Yeah. Hit me with a massive message right in my face at full speed going Mach 10. There's no way around it, and it's it hurts because I'm sorry. It's not clever is why, because we've talked about this. You can do that, but it wasn't clever it was and and you can put a message and not hide it but you can weave it into the story you can put it there and let the story tell the message and i know for a fact lana wachowski knows how to do this because she did it with three films no one figured out the message she was trying to tell until she told him a decade later so that's my point that you could do this they did it but (laughs) and when they you could be overt but the the thing about this overt was it was a middle finger to the face it was i'm gonna call my game binary Uh uh-huh okay and i'm going to say the word binary a bunch of times Uh, lana i know we're we we all accept this meaning you're not being clever by reiterating the point we all know we're cool we get it and we understand and appreciate what you're doing why are you flipping me off right now like i'm too stupid to know what you were saying you 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 were a master of subtle writing and then you throw it away to hit us in the face 
repeatedly at full force. The Matrix, part four. The poop that took a pee. <laughs> I mean, that, it, it literally it is. is like Butters trying yeah. to write the sequel to Scrody McBooger Balls. It really is that bad. It, did Did Lily Wachowski write the majority of the first three films? You You would think maybe I don't know. Or like I said, maybe Lana was good, but Lana clearly didn't care and was trying to flip off the film company and kind of forgot that we were standing there too. Right, right. Is this supposed to be Strody McBooger Balls? That she set out to write it so bad? Well, but no, because Scrody McBooger Balls was meant, meant just to be haha for us and everyone well, else well, made a meaning out of it that wasn't there. Well, again, and this, if this... Let me finish my entire thought process here before we discuss it. If this was therapeutic writing for her, it's obviously not being written as a script then or as a story. It's just more of a therapeutic message like, ooh, I like my Star Wars as an example. I like Star Wars. So I I want Luke Skywalker to uh, take on the reincarnation of the Emperor again. Oh, wait, that kind of happened. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but it, oh. Well, Luke didn't take the Emperor on, That's though. true. Luke yeah, uh, died no, taking on. To be like Keanu Reeves' proto... Like Trinity taking on... Even That's not even right. That's not yeah, even right. right. But you know what I mean. Like, it, it's a fanned project You're almost. Like Bugs taking on the so, Emperor. I kind of get some of that if it's a fan... Almost, I just feel sad, so I want to write an awesome story to myself... So I will write something that doesn't make sense, doesn't actually isn't canon, isn't supposed to be a, a film, and just go write whatever, and it makes me feel better. I kind of get that. I do. And I have no problem with that if you're writing it for yourself and just doing whatever with it. Yeah. But as soon as you turn around and go, here's my script. Well, what is it? It's just my theoretical writings. Yeah. And by the what? way, here's a middle finger to you for making me do this. Yeah. Uh, by taking, other- take, which I do have a massive problem with them doing this, which is taking the, you know that this person does not want to do this, but you now have found them at a very vulnerable moment in time. And then you sign them, make them sign a contract to do this now. And thanks for screwing us all over and screwing them over. Yeah, I, I, I can only give her so much of a pass on this, though, because she accepted Warner Brothers' dump truck full of money. Yes. Yes, I'm not taking the blame off of her. I'm not. She decided that her artistic integrity here wasn't worth the dump truck of money that was backed up to her. Yeah. They, right. they took the money when it was placed in front of them. Yes. And you know what? I'd probably do the same thing. Listen, if somebody came, if, if I'm going to be honest with you. If somebody offered me $100,000 to turn this podcast into something that sang the praises of J.J. Abrams every episode we did, I would do it in a heartbeat. Have fun. For $100,000. Have fun. Do you know what? I mean, look, man, I would do it. I'm not that... I don't have that much scruples about J.J. Abrams being a good or bad director. I am, so I would do it. I am made of stone. <laughs> if someone offered well, well, wait, wait. me $100,000 to do that, a podcast that, about how terrible Star Trek is, for that I'm I would do it. Of st- for that, I'm made of stone. For but that. wait, wait. Here's the nice thing. We all we need that middle finger once in a while so you can stay around for that middle finger. Yep. And saying, no, 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 I think J.J. Abrams sucks. I can't even blame her. 
I can't. But um, oh man, this is a minor rip. But just such Lana, a minor. But rip. Then Lana loses the ground to say, "Look at my wonderful meaning." It's yep. like no, because yes. you took the dump truck full of money to flip me yep. off. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, you're not allowed to go authentic. Did she want to make this film? Did she not want to make this film? Because in some ways, it sounds like a moody teenager who's mad at their parents. Yeah, but then thanks their parents at the end for making them study for the SAT. <laughs> I don't get it. The whole thing's confusing, which here's a rip. It's too long. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's definitely. Uh, I have, we, we complained about it, but we didn't listen to it. We, we really did. Well, it's a Matrix film. They're all two and a half hours because they're all two movies in one. This is, this is actually the longest one. Yeah. Um, and the worst. <laughs> Incidentally, yes. Yeah. Um, As they get longer, they get worse. Minor rip. Please. This is just something you can't do. If you want me to take a character seriously, you cannot name them Bugs. Because every single time that's said, I will hear Bunny. And especially here, especially up, when you drink, drop that in. Bugs, you know, like Bunny. Let's see. Blue hair, punky, Bugs, bugs Bunny. Yep. You Follow the white rabbit tattoo. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you playing. put a white rabbit tattoo on and it. And then you played the song White Rabbit, and you're basically, are you trolling me now? Is that what this is? Yes. At points, I think this movie was trolling. Was she trolling? Is she sitting back there laughing at everybody going, I made this complete steaming pile of horse crap and made and a ton of money it. for it, and now I'm going to come out and get everybody to agree with me that I put this awesome meaning in there which she did she put a really good meaning and a great social discussion to have out there a humanist discussion about the centrality of our own self-image and self-portrait being more important than what the world tells us that we are but it's a wonderful lost. message that is in lost. there for about 17 minutes of the movie yeah which again okay you want to put your message in there fine don't make me sit through two and a half hours of crap. Yep, that's the problem. You had so little story to tell that you had a clip show movie. A clip show TV show is a sign that it's crap. Yeah, yep. you literally sat down and, hey, watch this. If you it's don't, a clip show! If you don't have enough film to not do a clip show. Uh, maybe you do it at the beginning, at one part. Star Trek Three: A Search for Spock started with a replay of the of the end scene at, of Wrath of Khan. Hey, hey, maybe I, you do it in one moment. I can but understand even flashbacks. I can get flashbacks. But this wasn't a flashback. This was quite literally a clip show where it wasn't even like, hey, maybe we'll remember back and flashback to then. No, it was literally sit you down basically and here, look at the projector while we project the last three movies onto it. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't want Morpheus back or you didn't want Lawrence Fishburne back as Morpheus. Why'd you show him? Why recast the character and then show him all the time? Now look, and Boy, then, I'm going to take heat uh, for this, but I think I know why they didn't ask Lawrence Fishburne to come back and play Morpheus. He can't believably play the character. Yeah, that's true. And I'm not yeah. going to elaborate any further. Yes. But he can't realistically play the character. Not without a lot of effort. Rock, edit this out. <laughs> You were not going to hear this part, sickies. I was told by my bosses to edit this out. But if you'd like to hear it, please Venmo me $5. My phone number is... <laughs> yes, please edit that out. Edit the whole thing out. <laughs>
So I think that brings us to the end here. It is safe to say, before we rate this, that The Matrix was a film series we had to do on this show. Well, it, it, it's, it's iconic. To, it's, it's iconic. It had to be done. It had a cultural impact. There's yes. no way around that. But the unfortunate thing is, unlike a lot of other franchises, which at least managed to survive past part one, even if it wasn't as good, the diminishing returns, quick burn effect on this was instantaneous. It's evident that the effort and care put into the first film was absent everything else. That the Wachowskis only had the barest bones blueprint about how the rest of the films would go, probably because they didn't anticipate that it would be a rip-roaring success. And so they didn't even... They, they left a trailer hitch that you could have a sequel, but it ended on a note of, well, you don't have to have a sequel. But then it was so successful, the, the, the studio got involved, and then whatever small basic idea they had, they had to develop into a fully-fledged movie. Two series, movies. And they could, two movies at the same time, and they couldn't do it. And then you just had a bunch of animated shorts that really were okay. Some of them were blast, some of them were okay, but they really didn't enhance anything. And then this was clearly a project of necessity than actual desire. Really, that's what it comes down to. Matrix 1 was a project of passion and desire, and the rest of it was either forced, it was just forced. And it comes out in the work. And that's the sad, dead ending of this franchise. That what could have been great and never came to be. So how do we want to rate this film? How many... Um, red how pills? Many, how many... Yeah, sure. Red pills. How many Actually, no. How many crap? How many blue pills? Yeah. Because that's how many I wish I could take so that I didn't have to see this movie How many again. times can we forget this film? Exactly. I'm going to give this one... Because you, <laughs> there was, like I said, there was an earnest meaning here. And, I mean, the, the cinematography wasn't bad. And there was, Io looked great. I liked how Io looked. And that's kind of, and the acting was good from the key players. Mm. And that's where it ends. Everything else is a dumpster fire. So, one. Okay. Uh, I'm debating. Let me... <laughs> how bad... How low can I go? Do I, I... I don't think I can give it a zero. I honestly don't think I can give it an absolute zero because we've seen much worse films and have given them much worse ratings because, wow, they get bad. Um, but this isn't good by any stretch of imagination. The interesting ideas that they put in there are lost. They're just lost. There's no way around it. Whatever ideas you had or principles or thought process, it's gone. I'm not thinking about any of this deep ideas you put in there because it's everything's so stupid around it that you've killed it. You've killed your original three movie series because now everything that happened in that is pointless and doesn't make any sense now. And and now you start hitting me over the head with a bunch of other stuff that doesn't matter and doesn't have any point here. In a Matrix film, 
I'm sorry, but Matrix is supposed to be cool and fun, and maybe I turn my brain off a little bit, or maybe I think on the deep meanings that you're trying to say. Yo, pass the, and I'll get really high and think on this, how this deep meaning matters, because you think that maybe we aren't really here, and then you think it. No, there's nothing there. I, I, I give it 0. 0.5. This, it sucks. And it's so long. It just, it kept going. I continued to look when I was watching it and see how long, much longer it was. Because I couldn't, I'm like, it, where are we going? What's happening? It's got to be almost over. Nope. It sucks. Hold on. Big dramatic breath and huff. Um, I would like to thank this movie for making me reconsider the Matrix 2 and 3 <laughs> and to realize that they really were still okay uh, in comparison. This movie is so bad that it makes me um, have fonder memories of the Matrix 2 and 3 because at least those movies had a plot. And while it was buried in some horribly complex dialogue, it made sense and they were moderately entertaining to watch with good moments. I don't know what this film was. And um, Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, and um, Jada Pinkett Smith, and Neil, um, Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris is acting. Cannot save it. Uh, no, the acting was good, but they were given such a bad script. Don't. I have so many problems here. Don't start your movie by telling me that you didn't want to do it. That you wanted to go do this new creative thing, like Rage Master says all the time. Do something new. Do something different. Don't come back into the same story you've already told because it's easier and supposed to be a guaranteed cash cow. Don't come in and speak to the studio and me in the first 30 minutes of your movie. Then, in the next 30 minutes of the movie, burn down everything you did in the first three movies, which were your masterpiece in your career, and then come back in the last hour and a half of the movie and then try to do your best work in it and, and try to salvage it with the meaning so that you can come back and say, I really did my best here. Don't do this. You either wanted to do the movie or you didn't want to do the movie, but you spent so much time speaking to the audience in the first part of the movie that you were forced to do this movie and you didn't want to do it, that everything you do in the second half of the movie rings hollow. This is a crap fest. You had something that could have been good. And you know what? Um, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's a zero. It's right up there with Geostorm. It's right up there with Star Crash. And I usually reserve a zero for a movie that... I mean, it, it is far worse than this. Um, or a movie that tries to be good, th thinks it's good, but is just terrible. I think that everybody involved in this knew that this movie was terrible. And I think they didn't care. I think Lana wanted it to be terrible. At times, and then at times, I think she wanted it to be good. Um, ultimately, this is a film that never should have seen the, the light of day. It should have been, as soon as they saw this garbage script, they should have realized that there was no chance of putting out a product that even lived up to the dismal expectations of The Matrix 3. This thing was a turd that should have been just flushed as soon as it came to presentation to anybody. It's, it's fitting 
that this thing made $150 million on a $190 million production budget, and God knows what is a marketing budget. I was about to say, it probably lost a lot more with It marketing. will teach the studios a lesson that just because you have a mega franchise, one of the most popular franchises of all time, one of the most important franchises to a genre, doesn't mean that you can automatically serve someone a reheated cat turd like you served Ron Burgundy and expect the audience to eat it happily. This is a zero. It's a big stinking zero and it's one of the worst most offensive movies I have ever seen because nobody tried to give us anything and you actively went through and destroyed everything that was in your magnum opus that you were trying to tell the world the first time. Screw you Warner Brothers. Screw you Matrix 4. This movie sucks. So in summary sickies normally we tell you don't take our advice. If you want to see this film see it. We are right now, as a group, telling you, don't. if you haven't seen this, don't waste your time. Just don't. Don't give them money. Don't. Don't. Just save yourself. Don't we make sacrifice. our mistake. We Warner Brothers. ourselves to, so you don't have to. Don't. Warner Brothers. Wait, how do I say this? Um, I want to quote Augustus. Damn you, Lana Lachowski. Where are my six dollars? <laughs> now when wait. he was calling for his three legions. Yeah. <laughs> Give me back my six dollars. <laughs> now, yeah. Quintilius Varus. Or uh, let me try to do this. Quintilius Lanus. <laughs> Give me back my six dollars. <laughs> uh, now yes. then, there's the this interesting question then. This or progeny. Oh, God, this. No, nothing's more offensive okay, than progeny. So, so no. We gave that like a negative. Progeny That's is offensive we did, we, on we, a we, different Progeny level. we put at a negative infinity. Okay, we couldn't just even finish sure. the review. That's true. We couldn't. I couldn't finish the movie, let alone the yeah, review. So, so. so, no, don't even try. So it's true. This is better. But, but, to be, but, however, Lana or whoever hears this, if you're thinking, oh, I'd beat that, is that really your bar? Is that really the bar you want to cross? I mean, so th this can of Mountain Dew I'm looking at is better than Progeny. It's just a can of Mountain Dew. Well, again, here's the thing. It's got a better script. <laughs> yeah. True. Actually, and it's a shorter. But we have now let you know, sickies, that this was a turd. Please save yourself. But you know what? If you disagree, we would like to hear it. Yep. And if you decide to spare yourself, we'd also we like to recommend hear it. it. Uh, you can instead gorge yourself on the wondrous entertainment here at Raving Lunatic Media. We have The Case of the Chills, my personal favorite that is still lacking an episode about a haunted elevator. I would like that, Layla. Please, a haunted elevator when at your earliest convenience. Apparently, any haunted elevator. Any haunted elevator will do. Uh, we also have the Caseatorium uh, with Cold Case Chase. Excuse me, Case Closed, and then Cold Case Chase will be starting up, I believe, next month or so. Ruck can edit that in. Uh, if he so added that, <laughs> added that. That's a new word. It's added and added. Added. <laughs> and that's your English professor, folks. Yeah. 
Eng- me fail English? That impossible. Uh, then we also have the Wondrous Zodiac Task Force, which recently dropped an episode, a side episode called Shadows of the Past. Very good. One of our best, I believe. But I say that about everything. Speaking of Zodiac Task Force, that kind of segues into next month. We will be reviewing it next month. So stay tuned for that because I will be giving up the first chair, probably to Scott, to talk about Zodiac Task Force. And he is going to rip into that, which means, Scott, you have to listen to the episodes. You know that, right? Who says I haven't? Okay, I don't know. Have you? (laughs) Have I? Have you? (laughs) But have I? This isn't a quandary, Riddler. You need to answer the question. Did you or did you not listen to the episode so you can grill us next week? Episode? (laughs) Okay. Well, he has a week to catch up. Yeah, you got a week to catch up. You can catch all all of our Raving Lunatic programs on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher, or wherever else you get some fine podcasts. And if you want to leave us a comment, you could do so at our Discord or at... It's not worth it. www.rottentomatoes.com because they're going to do the review better than we are. And, uh, even though we're a review show, we're going to send you these other review shows. No! RavingLunaticMedia.com 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 Rage Master, what's left for them to do? And why did I do that so intensely today? Stay sick, sickies. I've seen this one. I've seen this one. This is a classic. This is our... Sci-fi malady. Dresses up as a man from space. What do you mean you've seen this? It's brand new. Yeah, well, I saw it on a rerun.